Maria Titizian and I'm Rubina Margosian and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of September 3. In the news, Armenia's foreign minister goes to Moscow on an official visit. An Armenian serviceman is killed, another wounded. Azerbaijani soldiers set fire to areas in the Kerarkunik region, and Armenia has a name for its new national airline. On September 2, Artsakh marked the 30th anniversary of its declaration of independence. In his statement congratulating Artsakh on this anniversary, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan announced that the recent war did not achieve its goal despite the efforts of the adversary. Today, Artsakh, though wounded, is still standing and enjoys the full support and assistance of Armenia and all Armenians, he said. An Armenian contract soldier was killed near Yerashk on September 1 after Azerbaijani positions opened fire in the direction of Armenian forces. In the early morning hours of August 29, Azerbaijani forces opened fire in the direction of Armenian positions near Sotk in the Kerarkunik region. The Armenian side retaliated, resulting in an intense shootout that lasted about two hours. According to Armenia's defense ministry, Armenian forces stopped firing after an ambulance was seen driving up to Azerbaijani positions allowing for the evacuation of the wounded. There were no casualties from the Armenian side. On the same day, Azerbaijani forces opened fire near Taravart in Artsakh, resulting in a conscript being wounded. This past week, Armenia's human rights defender Arman Tatoyan reported that Azerbaijan is purposefully setting fire to areas near the villages of Sotk and Kut in the Gerarkunik region. It was possible to extinguish the fire near Sotk, but the fire in Kut spread due to the weather conditions. Pastures as well as hay collected by farmers for winter burned down. Last week, we reported about the Goriskapan Highway being closed, blockaded by Azerbaijani soldiers. Last Friday evening, after negotiations between the Armenian, Azerbaijani, and Russian sides, the highway was reopened, and now there is traffic from Armenia's northern to the southern regions. And Armenian Foreign Minister Arad Mirzoyan was in Moscow this week for his first official visit as Foreign Minister. While there, Mirzoyan held a meeting with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov, followed by a joint press conference. Issues of regional peace and stability were among the core topics of discussion. Mirzoyan stated that regional peace and stability are part of Armenia's strategy and that Armenia is ready for active dialogue. However, the situation continues to remain tense in the region, mainly due to the destructive policies pursued by Azerbaijan, which include Baku's refusal to fulfill its obligations under the November 9th trilateral agreement. It is violating international law and Armenia's territorial integrity, with which Armenia has had to deal since May 12. These actions are accompanied by anti-Armenian rhetoric from the Azerbaijani side, said Mirzoyan. Well, Mirzoyan also thanked Russia for its efforts to establish peace and security in the region and also added, however, that the political situation of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict is still not resolved and that it is possible to reach a solution only through negotiations and that the status of Nagorno-Karabakh Artsakh is the at the core of that solution. Mirzoyan also stated that protection of human rights in Artsakh must not be politically the preservation of Armenian cultural heritage, which is now under Azerbaijan's control and under threat, uh, is a very urgent issue. Speaking about the exchange of POWs, Mirzoyan stated that Armenia has kept its promise and returned Azerbaijani POWs in an all-for-all agreement, while Azerbaijan is refusing to comply. He noted that Armenia has stated many times that it is ready to resume negotiations for the peaceful settlement of the conflict. Um, Interestingly, though, Rubina, Lavrov in his turn said that, yes, 
Armenia and Russia have, you know, very um, deep relations that are multifaceted in economy, security, and investments. They are allies within the Collective Security Treaty Organization, as well as in, you know, many fields of humanity, sciences, and education, and that Russia is interested in continuing uh, those relations. He stated that the leaders of the three countries are working in the framework of the November 9 and January 11 agreements, and that issues can't be resolved, uh, you know, within a day. And coming back to the POWs, Lavrov uh, stated that according to the November 9 agreement, only those POWs would be returned that were held captive in Azerbaijan at the time, at, that is before November right. 9. Most of the Armenian POWs that are in Azerbaijan currently were captured after the agreement was signed, he said. Right, and this is an ongoing issue. We'll be talking about it a little bit later on. Um, we still don't have a clear idea of exactly how many POWs remain in Azerbaijani captivity, but if this is the um, sort of the attitude that's uh, going to be applied, it's it's extremely disconcerting, obviously. Um, well, that Russia is sending uh, confusing messages right. at this point because still they're calling for all uh, arrangements. Right, but they're playing with dates now. Well, Lavrov also said that uh, the Russian side is sending signals during meetings with the Azerbaijani president, Ilham Aliyev, and other high-ranking officials urging the Azerbaijani authorities to release the Armenian POWs without any preconditions. The minister stated that such an action would be a sign of goodwill and a humanitarian move. He said that the final decision does not depend on Russia. And both Mirzoyan and Lavrov stressed the importance of continuing negotiations within the OSCE Minsk group format. Well, in Moscow, Mirzoyan also met with CSTO Secretary General Stanislav Zaz. The sides discussed the dynamic of changes taking place in the region and internationally and their impact on CSTO member states. They also discussed the incursion of Azerbaijani soldiers into Armenia's sovereign territory and issues arising from that. Both sides stressed the importance of resolving and de-escalating the situation. He also had an interview with the Russian news agency Ria Novosti. Uh, Mirzoyan said that currently there are no negotiations in the framework of delimitation and demarcation. This is something that Azerbaijan has been pushing for since November 9. If Azerbaijan leaves Armenia's territory and shows willingness and readiness for constructive discussions, then there can be talks about delimitation and demarcation, uh, Mirzoyan said. Last week, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan announced that Armenia is receiving positive signals from Ankara for normalizing relations. As a reply to Pashinyan's statement, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan stated that Turkey is ready to normalize relations with Armenia based on good neighborly relations and mutual recognition of territorial integrity. He also expressed hope that the actions of Armenia's new government will be constructive as the region needs new approaches. Erdogan stated that recent history should not be a reason for any and if Armenia is ready, Ankara can start to gradually normalize relations with Armenia. He said that Azerbaijan has a similar disposition and added that Azerbaijan has offered to start negotiations on a comprehensive peace treaty. The spokesperson for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Russia, Maria Zakharova, stated that Russia welcomes the calls um, for normalizing relations between Armenia and Turkey. She noted that Russia is ready to mediate the reconciliation process, adding that normalization of Armenian-Turkish relations would lead to peace and security in the region. And Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev visited Shushi again. He announced plans by his order to build a new five-star hotel where the Armenian authorities had started and planned to build Artsakh's new 
parliament building. The new Russian OEC Minsk Group co-chair Igor Khovayev visited Baku last week. He said his visit was to become acquainted with the situation. There has been no announcement about a visit to Yerevan. Khovayev and Azerbaijani Foreign Minister Jehun Bayramov discussed the prospects of Armenian-Azerbaijani relations as well as the progress on realizing the many facets of the tripartite agreement. The Armenian government uh, decided to hold military trainings for its reserve forces. The first round of trainings kicked off on August 25 and will last until November 25. Armenia will hold a new round of military trainings for its reserve forces, which are to last from September 15 until November 15. In this new round of training, uh, 869 people will be involved. Armenia's uh, parliament speaker, Alain Simonian, held a closed-door uh, meeting with the relatives of the missing soldiers and POWs, representatives of the three parliament factions and other departments also participated in that discussion. Um, Following the meeting, it was decided that the relatives of the soldiers will be included uh, in the work of the committee investigating the 44-day war. And Maria's search operations are still continuing for the remains of those killed. During the war uh, this week, three bodies of soldiers were found near Jebrail. And construction of a pipeline linking Petara River to Stepanagert began last week. This will ensure that the capital of Artsakh will have a reliable water supply. It is planned to build a, a dam on the river next year. As we know, as we've been reporting for the past several weeks, Stepanagert has been facing water supply issues. Drinking water is being delivered through tanks to the people. Um, so it has been, you know, especially in the heat, it has been a very, very difficult situation. Armenia's new national airline will be called Fly Arnam. The national airline is a joint venture by the Armenian National Interest Fund and Air Arabia. The name was chosen by the joint venture's board of directors from more than 500 proposals received from the participants of the Name the Airline contest. The word Arna is derived from the name Armenian National Airlines, AR. N-A. <laughs> uh, Fly Arna will operate as a budget passenger airline based in Yerevan's Zvartnots International Airport. I know, and there's been a lot of chit-chat about the name. People were saying it should be called Fly High, with the high referencing Armenia. Um, you could take it anyway. And not the state. <laughs> right. Yes. Anyway, and Manitan Dilian uh, has left her position as Minister of Labor, Social Affairs and Migration of the Republic of Artsakh. Tandilian was previously a member of the Bright Armenia Party. She was also a member of parliament in 2017. In 2018, she briefly held the position of Armenia's Minister of Labor and Social Affairs. Starting September 1, she already, she is now working for the Artsakh to Live Foundation, which is realizing social projects in Artsakh aimed at rebuilding the country. The United Kingdom has provided 500,000 pounds to support demining works in and around Nagorno-Karabakh. The UK had previously donated 1 million pounds in humanitarian support to the International Committee of the Red Cross following the 2020 Nagorno-Karabakh war. In a statement, the UK government furthermore calls on all other countries to help the population of Karabakh rebuild and return to the region after being displaced by conflict and landmines. And now, um, as we report every week, uh, coronavirus updates. As of August 29, 275,138 vaccinations have been administered. Almost 99,000 people are fully vaccinated. Starting September 6, children under the age of 6 entering Armenia will not be required to show a negative PCR test. The Minister of Health, Anahit Avanesian, announced that the Delta variant is affecting, unfortunately, younger people. A person in their mid-20s 
died of COVID last week here in Armenia, and there is now, from what we know, an 18-year-old who is in ICU. And Armenia received a new batch of Sputnik V vaccine for 15,000 people. The EU and WHO have donated 30 freezers for safe vaccine storage to Armenia because one of the reasons that Armenia was not able to get the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines was the freezer situation. And Artsakh's Ministry of Health reported that currently there are 21 COVID patients in Artsakh. That's the kind of week we've had here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend and we will be back again next week.